Hey guys, what's happening? This is Sharon Zapata, the hostess of the podcast, Middle Finger Happiness. Um, you're about to hear um, my interview or my chat with my friend Ramon Ruiz, who is an LMSW, licensed master social worker. He is also a hip hop artist and he's really, he's known as the rarity, um, such a, an amazing human being. So you're going to hear a snippet of his music, but more importantly, um, I just hope that his information and our conversations help you help someone share this with somebody. One of the jobs he's been doing, especially during COVID for the last two years, the COVID pandemic, is dealing with um, the social science, psychology, the changes, the escalating um, suicidal rates, uh, people, mostly teenagers that are coming in with depression, manic, anxiety, um, just a lot going on. And the isolation hasn't been well. And his degree and his experience, he puts forth to help those and help the doctors as they analyze the people who come into the hospital. And then he also inspires people with his music and with his writing and his hip hop lyrics and just his passion to express himself. So it's a really awesome interview. Enjoy it. And again, if you find it, that it moves you or you feel like you should share it with someone, by all means, please do. Thanks for listening. Take care. Staying open when you're taking notice of the way I'm quoting my latest potion. Making folks say joking, they know every word and every flow I'm loading. Don't provoke me or I'll be revoking these cold flows evoking the feelings no one else is knowing. You're dealing with the realest homie, flowing in the zone, showing I'm no pro. Still going so low with the flow so throwed. Also, no major label behind me or my rhyme scheme. This is my dream, the way I foresaw it before y'all targeted me as a new artist whose heart is far from heartless I'm now this is a diy podcast trio. <laughs> we gotta do what we gotta do okay so this is the third try we're gonna get it this time yep and we might i think keep... it's better right I... yeah it sounds nice okay we sounded i moved the mic up maybe that could. yeah that mic has it's just different than mine okay so and anybody who's listening, you might hear a train in the background. You may hear hammering. It's an art studio, and, and this just how it is. All kinds of stuff going on around here. <laughs> okay, let's take a listen. <laughs> take four. <laughs> hey, this is Sharon Lee Sapata, the hostess of my podcast, Middle Finger Happiness, Work Hard, Live Well, Don't Fuck With Me. That is a title of a book um, that I wrote, and it's available on Amazon in 16 countries and also now uh, on Audible. And then there's two other books out there, but I'm just going to jump into it. I have um, a friend who became a friend on social media, and we started following each other, and we've had some chats, and we like music. Um, I have Ramon Ruiz. And um, I'm going to let you tell everybody what you do because you are really a human um, vessel for, for helping and for inspiring and for repairing and just everything you do with your hip-hop and your uh, mental health career. So let everybody know who you are and what you do. Thank you for all that. Um, <laughs> like you said, my name is Ramon or Ramon. Uh, or the rarity that's my hip-hop rap name oh you know what um good that goes at adhd let everybody know now where they can find you because somebody's in the okay. car and then you never know they get off the car sure, where sure. can they follow, follow you yeah social media at the rarity tx and then my website the rarity.com so that's where all my music's available you can find me on all social media my social media page um so yeah as far as my my background i work in mental health I've been working in mental health for the last 12 years. I'm a licensed social worker. And your title is LMSW. So if anybody's listening, it's Licensed Master Social, social worker. worker. I mean, what, is, what does it take to get that? Um, so I first uh, had my bachelor's degree in psychology. So you have to have a four-year bachelor's degree um, in social sciences, um, sociology, psychology, something like that. And so I worked in... I, I had my bachelor's degree in psychology, and then I worked uh, different places, and I wasn't making any money, and I realized um, there's no money to be made if you just have your bachelor's in psychology. So I started looking around as far as um, 
you know, getting my master's or what else I could, you know, get a higher education. And originally I looked into psychology. I like psychology. I already had my bachelor's in it. Like why do you like psychology? I mean, because it's, it's very interesting. I, I don't know. I just, um, just the way that the mind works, the way human beings work, how we behave, how we think. I so, just always find it interesting. So for people to know, anything that ends with ology, biology, anthropology, psychology, ology means the study of. Yeah. And so you have psych. So it's the study of psych. The psyche. The psyche. And can you elaborate on that? Like, what is the psyche? Um, I mean, this is the study of behavior, human animal behavior. So the study of human behavior. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I mean, there's people like, oh, you got a degree in psychology. Is what? How do you break that down? That's so. What is that? Etymology or entomology? Get those two words. The study mm. of words. Yeah. The, the etymology. That's like going back and the history or. Etymology. Entomology yeah. is a study of insects. Yeah, I think so. Oh yeah. my God. And there's anthropology. Anthropology. That's, that's like the study of And that's not the combined. place you go shopping. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you don't talk in the store. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so where did we go? We were talking about your uh, degree. Yeah, my degree. Um, so yeah, I had my bachelor's. Um, I was looking into psychology, getting my master's in psychology and what that entails and you know all that kind of stuff. And then uh, I met somebody at my job and they were like, have you ever looked into social work? And she was like telling me, I'm about to start my program at U of H uh, for the social work program. And I was like, I've heard the word, but I've never looked into it or anything. And she was like, it's pretty much the exact same thing as a psychology master's. You can get pretty much all the same uh, jobs and it's less schooling and to get into the program it's a little bit easier the qualifications and all that so that day i went home i started looking into it and i was like wow she's right she's like all these jobs that i was looking at that were interesting with your masters in psychology you can do all of these with your masters in social work so that that kind of started the ball rolling of looking into it applying and and that's just what happened so if it wasn't for that conversation you know i don't know um if I would have stayed in the psychology path or if it would have gone this route. Isn't it funny how somebody can give you a piece of information and it, it either it stays with you um, and she probably didn't even realize it or did you tell her later? I told her later, yeah, we, we're, still, we're still cool. Her name's Tiffany. Um, wow. She's a social worker. She actually has her own show, her own podcast, all that. I've, I've been on it also. Oh, really? What's her podcast? Let's play Get In For Her. Uh, it's gonna kill me. Right? <laughs> we're gonna get. We're gonna, yeah, we're gonna get it. Uh, That's okay, Tiffany. Yeah, I'm sorry, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll plug it in. Yeah, um, we'll plug it we'll, uh, on yeah. the on the credits. Um, yeah. Well, cool. So that tied in with hip hop, and I remember you sending me a video, and it was I don't know if it was your first one or you weren't sure, and then uh -huh. I was like. It's so funny. I'm going to show you my phone, the messages I get. Yeah. And uh, I'm horrible at replying because it's just, just quite a bit. So I was like, this is pretty good. The lyrics, your, your lyrics are amazing. And your you. your whole thing, like, how did how did you start doing that? I don't know how it started. I think that's that kind of ties into the name, The Rarity, because nobody in my house is doing music or even growing up in Clear Lake. It's not like... Uh, inner city, you know, a lot of hip hop, rap, even though people around there do rap, and I did have friends that would rap, but it just became a thing of uh, hanging out with friends and being at parties, drinking, smoking, the music's on, and then people are in a circle and they're freestyling, you know, improvising mm -hmm. lyrics, making it up on the spot, and we would just do that with my friends in the car, at parties, wherever, and I just had a knack for it. I just putting words together. I just had this vision of it's a tribal community, like when you just said, just sitting around. Yeah. Think about it. People did that for thousands of years around the fire, exactly. right? Like you know, we told yeah. stories, or you sang a song, or you, you know, this just has been around how humans connect the dots. Exactly, and it's it's weird how how it would happen like an organic the song is playing and then there's a part of the song where there's no lyrics it's just the instrumental and then somebody feels like they have to say something or they could fill in the blanks and then somebody else picks it up and then the next person and then it just becomes like a they call it a cipher a cipher is like everybody's freestyling or rapping and then the next person goes so it started there having fun with my friends and then people would say I really like your lyrics or you've got good words and mm -hmm. I like how you said this and that kind of well what if I put what if I write stuff what if I start writing lyrics and how does that work and how do you write a song so it just kind of started the ball rolling of you know figuring and it out we were just talking off the mic um, how 
writing is therapy, no music doubt. is oh therapy, doubt. art is therapy, and you you know let me know that you had therapy as a young kid. I've had therapy as an older person, but I no longer go because, I, like you said, you're doing something. You're doing your writing, you're you're singing, you're rapping. And it's a form of therapy, therapy, and I don't think a lot of people tune into that. They think it's quote a waste of their time to do a piece of artwork or, or write your feelings down, write all the fucking bad words down on a piece of paper, write all the shit you hate, write all the stuff you love, write all the things you want to change. That's therapy. So yeah. I'm going to circle back on how your degree with psychology and your hip hop um, passion and how you help patients. How does that like ho- come full circle? I think I think the rapping, freestyling, writing lyrics, whatever it is, as when I'm doing it consistently, it keeps me on my toes. I'm constantly on my toes. The mind is firing. I'm sharp with my mind. And I think when I'm when I'm at work with patients and talking to people, I think it helps me in my listening, you know, ability, um, picking up on everything, just just paying attention to the details. So I think when when the work when when the writing when the music is going really well, that that the ideas are flowing. So then when I'm in the hospital You're in the setting, flow. yeah, the flow zone, hundred percent, yeah. And then when I'm around patients, I think um, I'm ready for anything. Like I, my my work is, um, I never know what I'm going to see. I never know what I'm going to expect. And let let the audience know what it is that you actually do, and especially now with COVID, how we were talking about the tele um, telehealth telehealth. Yeah. Um, how that has changed, how much more um, problematic situations or situations, um, suicide, confusion, depression. All on the rise. So how do you, what's, tell us what you see there. So my my specific uh, job, you could say I'm a consultant for the doctors. So if some patient is in the hospital and they have a psychiatric issue, either in the emergency room, on the medical floor, and a psychiatric issue could be uh, anything from depression, anxiety, to more extreme of uh, suicidal, homicidal. It could be a bipolar patient having a manic episode, mm-hmm. somebody who's schizophrenic, who's psychotic. Um, it could be it could be a, a number of things. It could be people with dementia. It could be kids. It could be teenagers. You never I never know. What, what are you seeing more of right now, lately? In the last 12 months, I'm just going to say last 12 months because we've been. In I'll just say two years. I see everything, but I'll say I've seen more kids and more teenagers, children in the last two years than what, I have what before. What age for children? Like it could be any age, but I think a lot of teenagers, a lot of 13, 14, 15 year olds. Because I have a 13 year old. Um, a lot of self harming thoughts. A lot of uh, kids that self mutilate, like cutting themselves, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that's a big thing. It's a big thing in society. Do you think, because um, this is a question, because I'm a mom and I have a 13-year-old. He's pretty normal. Actually, he's a pretty kick-ass kid. But, again, it's the home life. I mean, I didn't grow up in the perfect home life. I don't know if everybody, anybody did. Not that my, the home life we have is perfect. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. So he's a well-rounded individual. But for the kids that you see that are cutting themselves, that you come in depressed, you know, what what is it that you think is triggering that what's starting that it's hard to say i think every every situation is unique um sometimes it could be neglect you can be in a broken home parents are drinking on drugs or maybe they're working all the time and nobody's supervising so i see that i see a lot of that a lot of it too i see lack of better term spoiled kids kids that have it all mm. affluent kids they have their own room they have a car they have you know cell phone and everything there's no leadership i'll just put that throw that word in there there's no yeah. leadership and as parents if you're a parent you know what your job is to be a leader no for your, n- number one for yourself and then for your kids because if not it's just a continual cycle of fucked upness you know and yeah. and we looking back it's like you know if you're hopefully you can find the way with the right people you know what's one case that has stood out to you and then i want to know how did it turn around or did it turn around into something positive well the thing with like i'll, I'll just kind of finish my job so I, you know somebody's in the hospital they mm-hmm. have a psychiatric issue mm-hmm. um doctors like you know evaluate them and i don't want your recommendation so i do my psychiatric evaluation I talk to the patient, I ask my questions, what's kind of going on, 
and then I'll talk to the family, your friends, whoever's there with them, whoever saw what happened that led up to him coming to the hospital. And then based on all that information, I uh, speak with the doctor and I give my recommendation. I say, I think this patient is safe to go home because of X, Y, and Z, or he's not safe to go home because this happened, family doesn't feel safe. So, you know, I give my reasons. And then um, if they're gonna go home, I, I give them resources where they can follow up, you know, with psychiatry, counseling, that kind of thing. And if they're not safe to go home, then we have to facilitate a transfer to a psychiatric hospital. So my team will call around the city where a bed is available. And then um, there's a process, two different steps they have to take. And then we transfer the patient over there. So I guess you could say I, I'm the opening act of, you know, if somebody is having a psychiatric problem and they have to be brought to the hospital, I don't know what happens after that. You know, I don't necessarily get a follow-up of what, what occurred because this is a, usually it's a one-time interaction. You're in the hospital, you had a suicide attempt, or you're feeling depressed, I come in, I do my thing, I tell the doctor, if they're going home, I give resources, and they're following up with somebody else on the outside. Mm -hmm. If uh, they have to go to the psychiatric hospital, they could be there for a few days, a week. I have no clue. And then they're, they, then they're under the care of that psychiatrist and that psych psychiatric team. So I don't know what happens after that. If they come back, then I can get an update of what happened. So it's a, it's a different kind of setting. I'm, I'm not... Um, I'm not following them after that day. But you're kind of like the beginning of yeah. hopefully their repair journey. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's just a straight evaluation. I'm trying to figure out my disposition. Are they safe to go home or not? Sometimes it's more counseling, more uh, talking it out. Um, I had a, a patient, a younger patient, not too long ago, and um, she was having panic attacks. She was having panic attacks at the school. And... Um, she had a really bad one and couldn't stop crying, couldn't calm down, the, all the symptoms of shortness of breath, chest pain, dizziness, all those kind of symptoms, and the girl couldn't calm down at all. So um, they called the nurse in, she still couldn't calm down, and she was making comments like, um, I don't want to feel this way, or I want it to stop, and they kind of interpreted it like, is she suicidal, is she saying these kind of things, so they brought her in. I felt like it was overly cautious to bring her in to the hospital, but they still brought her in, and I talked with her, and, um, and I think it was like a really good for her, like as far as speaking with me, um, explaining anxiety, explaining a panic attack, the symptoms, how to... Uh, a lot of people don't understand when you're having an anxiety attack you're not breathing enough like your your thoughts are going everywhere you're what if this happens what if this doesn't happen and then you know you're you have like a they call it flight of ideas mm -hmm. you're just all over the place you're tangential in your thinking and um when a person does that they're usually not breathing because their mind is going everywhere and so i was explaining that to her like you got to make sure if you're having a panic attack you, you slow your mind down and take deep breaths. What that oxygen does exactly. to your blood cells. I to mean, your really brain. Yeah, yeah, shallow breathing hole. Exactly. You know, it's funny you say, how old was she? 13? Oh, somewhere around that age, 13, 14. So um, we recently moved. Um, I still work downtown here in Houston in the art district, but I moved. I, we don't live in Houston any longer. I moved, what, 40, 40 miles away and um, in the suburbs now. But my son's friend who stayed at the school here in Houston, had panic attacks all the time like he would sit there and cry and this is this is really crazy check this out this is one of the teachers making the kids watch CNN every morning in homeroom for Why? 10 minutes because it, apparently CNN has it's called the CNN 10 it's for kids and it lets the kids in the classroom know what's going on I'm like that's the fucking worst shit you can show somebody first thing in the morning yeah well his friend, I'm not going to say his name in case he's listening, but his friend would cry uh, uncontrollably. He would always go to the nurse. He would come back. And he told he told Zachary, my son, I'm so glad you're sitting next to me. And you know my son told me? He goes, dude, I, I'm here, but I can't fix you. All I can do is be strong for myself, and hopefully it helps you. The other thing is now at school, you get your little ID badge in middle school, right? Mm -hmm. On the back is a 1-800-SUICIDE number. And I'm like, well, since when did that shit start showing up? I mean, can you elaborate on what are we seeing now with kids and the pandemic and all the, all the stuff that's going on? Yeah, no, I, I think the 
being isolated, being away from socializing, all that, I think that's increased depression, anxiety, all that kind of stuff. So that definitely played into it. Um, I think I think another, you know, suicide is up and all that kind of stuff is up. But I think what happens a lot of times is the kids at school talk about it. The kids will talk about self-harming, cutting. And, and, and then I think there's kids that don't even have those ideas, but they're going through stuff. They are neglected. They are abused. They are traumatized. And then they hear of another kid saying, well, I cut myself and that's my way of releasing or that makes me feel better. And yeah, and it's and they they then kids will think, well, maybe that helped him. Maybe that could help me. Oh wow! And and it's even more prevalent with girls, like little girls, teenage girls. Mm-hmm. I've it it gets to a point. I've I've had I've heard things like they have cutting parties where these girls will get together at a sleepover and they're gonna cut themselves and do stuff to self mutilate. And it's it's like uh, all these girls are trauma. I had I had a patient tell me that 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 we we were all going to cut ourselves and we were all depressed and and i'm just like is it you know obviously these kids have issues going on but it's the influences who is you know there's somebody putting these ideas you know in these kids heads you know some of them now don't get me wrong there are organic a kid could be completely isolated very depressed very whatever and then they have the idea themselves i'm going to cut myself maybe that'll help my pain or relieve something they, they say it's like an emotional release. So I think there are the cases where it happens just mm. organically. A kid is depressed and they have that thought themselves. But I think a lot of it is pumped into the narrative of mental health and suicide and all that. The awareness is great, but there's always the risk of, like, like if you put a kid in a psychiatric hospital, if he's a danger to himself or others, then, yeah, they need to go there because they're, they're in trouble and they're in crisis. But the, the reality sometimes is you don't know what kind of kids are going to be on the unit. You don't know what kind of kids are going to be in that hospital at the same time. The staffing, you don't know these kind of things. And there are bad influences in the world. And of kids course. that oh, are yeah. in the system, kids that um, can manipulate other kids or you know put ideas in their head and all that. And it's so unfortunate if you're not strong enough you won't you'll fall into it and yeah. you know and these kids are vulnerable, vulnerable. and these kids are in that you know in the state where they can be influenced that way right so it's it's i explain that to parents sometimes um depending on the situation did but that you does see happen. this in the last two years with what's going on or did, have you seen this increase what did you see five years ago four years ago versus now here we are in 2022 uh, i'll just say i see more kids in the er more more children kids teenagers being brought to the er for reasons of anxiety depression those kind of things it's always been there i've been doing this kind of job for close to like 10 years now at different places and it's always been there it's always been kids that are depressed what's one of the number one reasons that that causes this if anyone's listening because they're gonna think like you know they have a, a a daughter a son a niece a nephew i mean the cause is it, it can be a lot of different things um i always try to tell people to go back to being healthy healthy lifestyle usually creates a healthy outcome and i think if people uh focus on eating right um sleeping right exercising having good relationships I just think over time that and that's why I tell my patients it builds up your your willpower uh, your confidence your Mm self-esteem so the more a person makes a healthy choice with whatever they're doing I think the more you lean into the healthy side that that's going to increase how you feel and everything else Um, so I always try to tell people like that because I just I think I guess if I'm thinking about it like when you're just living unhealthy, you're not moving, you're eating unhealthy, you're, you have bad relationships, you don't sleep right, it's all going to And it does affect your mind. Oh, I'm, I'm listening to everything you've done and listen, I was like, um, there's a book um, I read, um, Extreme Leadership, Jocko Willick, yeah, yeah. and then my 13-year-old just read it, he couldn't put it down. But yeah, you have to have extreme leadership for yourself. I didn't know about those things, girl. No, we're not taught any of this. We're not. We're not taught. None of this is in school. Luckily for me, and I was like 31 when I finally realized what that was. Um, I got into a, a multi-level company, and it was over there. It was super positive, and, and it opened up my eyes to a whole new way of looking at the world. But think about it, 31. So what? You know, all the crap I went through, or oh, anybody's yeah. going through it, they they think that's it. That's that's what it is. This is life. Yeah. But it is fixable. 
Oh, so, sure. but it's also challenging if there's nobody at home to support the fixable. Yeah, See, I, I have more empathy for for kids when it comes to somebody, a teenager, a kid, because you can't control who you're born into, no. the family, any of that kind of stuff. So I, I always try to tell them, uh, I have empathy for you. I know you can't control how your parents talk to you. You can't control where you you know live and all that kind of stuff, but they're providing you what you need so you got to kind of work with it until you can get out of that situation but my empathy tends to go down for people after a certain age after 25 30 it's like now it's on you now you're not at home it is on you right you got to do something you got to do something and you can leave those bad relationships yeah. people but what's happened is for 18 years or 17 years or 14 years you've been in the in the shit show and now you're a you know, of age, yeah. so to speak, it's hard to just make that that breakaway. People always go back to what's familiar. Familiarity is the human nature. Like whatever, even if it's unhealthy. So if somebody is an alcoholic or they're obese or whatever, mm -hmm. they know what they're doing is wrong, but they can't stop because that's what brings them comfort. That's what helps them relax. But in, in the long run, it's going to be more detrimental. So where do you? What advice do you have for somebody who is going through this and they're between 13 and 18, if they're listening, or, or somebody who knows somebody of that age? It would, it would depend on the situation. You know, if, if a person is being abused at home or there's like serious abuse, then that needs to be reported. That's something that, that can't be silenced, you know, like, and those are tricky situations if, you know, if you're being abused by a parent or guardian, how you go about that, you know, but that's something, if it's abuse, physical, sexual, mm -hmm. you know, even emotional abuse, it probably needs to be reported on some level because that's extreme. If it's, um, you live in a good household, your parents really are good people and you're just depressed and you're going through it, I would say try to talk with somebody, like counseling, therapy, school counselor, tell your parents. I think that's a big thing like let's say the the good home example it's a good home and there's a kid there that's super depressed and they're suicidal but nobody knows nobody in the home knows because the kid's not telling anybody he's suffering in silence and i think a lot of times the the kid doesn't want to tell the parents because if i tell my mom i'm suicidal i'm feeling depressed they're going to feel horrible right and it's like but it's better to tell them that you're going through this they right. feel horrible and now they know instead of finding you after you try to hurt yourself or you do end your life and then they find out oh he was going through this but we never knew so it's like i, I tell kids all the time um yeah the truth hurts or yeah you don't want to tell your parents that but that's what it is that's what's going on so t i think talking i think telling somebody right. you know what it so most, that's the start of it and most say. of us don't want to because we're embarrassed we of feel course, like oh course. my god nobody else would understand that do you ever um well like you said you look at the situation not diagnosed but you collect everything how do you what are your thoughts on ADHD because for years I didn't know I had it until late I was 40 when I got diagnosed I realized mm -hmm. so for people who do have ADHD boredom is our kryptonite and I get bored super easy like I, I can't go to San Antonio and go to the Alamo mm -hmm. I've been there like fucking 15 times in my life like I know where the um, tourist part is the little get you know the little keychain place. I look at the Bowie was there. Yeah. I don't want to go. So for me, I get bored very easily. I don't know if that's just me or ADHD. And then you got depression. So those are the layers. How do you how do you help somebody with that? Or have you? Or do you? Yeah. Know? Well, I'm not a therapist, so You're I'm not. Right. Yeah, I'm not walking people down the path of like all the way to the other side. Right. Um, the ADHD. Yeah, it's, it's the mind. The mind it can't turn off. You know, the mind is constantly going and trying to be stimulated and all that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. I think meditation, yoga, like different things yes. to kind of yeah, bring yeah. the person down. Um, but no, I think, I think if the mind is firing in a good way, like you're an artist, you right. create, I create. So when it's, I, I, I kind of joke about, have joke, but like, you know, if a person's bipolar, they go through the extremes of a manic, Mm -hmm. uh, um, a manic episode or um, or a depressed episode you know the, the highs and the lows and I think I have like manic episodes not to the point where I'm like completely crazy or need mm -hmm. to be in a hospital but it's like 
the creativity is there. The like idea the flow is there. state yeah. is like you can't turn it off. You can't turn it off, and it's and it, it might last for a few days for me, two or three days, mm -hmm. and then I kind of wind down after that, and maybe I'm watching more Netflix or just chilling after that. Do you ever feel? Because I I had those periods where like super creativity. It's called it's called hypomanic. So hypomanic is that when you're in that state of just creativity. Okay. So, so yeah. hypomanic. Hypomanic. Never yeah. heard of that. People should look that up, but but once yeah, I was trying to think of it right now. I was talking. Um, but yeah, um, I think I go through stages of that where I can, even like the day before, a couple of days before, I can kind of feel the energy and I'm like, ooh, good thing I'm off these next couple of days from work so I can work on music or write or whatever. And I can just feel it coming on and, and it's just there when I wake up. I thought that was like a brain dump. I just call it a brain dump, the hypomanic, because you're like, I'm in this flow. Like, I know I have a certain thing I'm working on. Yeah. And it's like head down. You just don't, no interruptions. You don't even, yeah. I won't even answer the phone. I don't know if you, does that happen uh, to you? I, I mean, now and then I could be writing a song, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to finish this. And it could take hours, and it could, you know, and, and whatever. But I'm so into it that there's nothing else going on. So how does your music help you in your job? This is you. We're talking about you now. We're not talking about patience, but like, yeah, how yeah. does how does the the hip hop help you? I think I think just the uh, being on my toes, like that that that, in, and I guess also speaking, how I speak and communicating and listening and, but yeah, and I, I just think um, I don't know if it's completely tied in, but I think it, when I'm doing the music, that brings me peace, that brings me a comfort. And if I'm in that mindset coming into work, you know, that's a good thing. Um, when I was in school, when I was in grad school, a big thing is self-care. Like, they, they, they really preach self-care. so important in this field because if you're not right, you can't help somebody because you're dealing with your own stuff. So it's, like, so important to, to try to, like, have yourself at the highest possible level. You know, obviously stuff happens, life happens, and you can't always be on that level. But when when you're living right and you're doing the right thing it doesn't really matter you know what mm -hmm. happens because you can deal with it but when you're not living right and you're not in the right mindset little things are going to seem like bigger things and affect you more that that god that comes around especially being a mom you know we, we put everybody first and then we're last and i remember i had to flip that and it was it was my husband who told me no you come first and it's not selfish no. people think oh it's so selfish and no 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 if you don't make time to go for that run or that walk or that yoga. Uh, you come, you, you just, it's like having a glass of orange juice that has only a couple of sips. I cannot let you drink out of it. I can't let any, but if my glass is full of orange juice, we can all have orange juice, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like that. Or when you're on the airplane, the oxygen mask comes down, you put your mask on first and then you help the other people. So like that's kind of the, Take care of yourself, mm -hmm. and it's not selfish. I mean, it is kind of selfish, but you're doing it to be there for everybody else. Jamie Strongberg. I wonder where this came from, though, where it's, it was looked down upon, like, oh, you're being so selfish. Look at you. <laughs> yeah. Putting yourself first. The people not getting the attention that they need or that they want. Right. Well, we, we were talking about narcissism earlier. Have you? Do you see that in your visits? Uh, yeah, sometimes. Uh, you. Sometimes like the narcissist is is uh, can be charismatic. The narcissist can play it off, so you don't always pick up on it. But sometimes talking to the family or talking to somebody else, they can paint a clear picture of what's going on. And then you realize what you're dealing with. Yeah, oh, a manipulator. <laughs> oh my God! And that's just they're everywhere. Oh, for sure. You know, um, do you ever have you ever met somebody within 10, 15 minutes, and you realize what you're dealing with? Like, oh yeah, no. The more I've done this job, the more experience. Yeah, within five minutes, I pretty much kind of know uh, what I'm going to do, what my recommendation is going to be. And if I don't know within the first five minutes, then I'm asking a whole lot of questions and deeper questions and, you know, why did you do this? So, like, that. would you ever go out in public and you're, like, having a drink and you meet somebody and you're, like, analyzing them? No, I try not to do that. I try not to. People are like, are you analyzing me? Or they say stuff? Yeah, so? I would totally, like, I'm not saying shit because you're going <laughs> to tell me you're crazy, lady. Um, no, no I But, I mean, do people tell you that? People, maybe not so much. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure people think it. <laughs> they don't say it, but they probably think it. Wait, is he analyzing is me? He analyzing Why is he asking me that? Yeah. Right? Oh, my God, I have that question. Okay, so on your website, do you have your music? Or are you on Spotify, too? Or where, where can people find um, you on your music? Or where, where are you in your music journey? So in music... Um, so when it comes to music, I do have one song on Spotify. It's mm -hmm. called uh, People Keep Asking Me. So I put that out a couple of years ago. So it's like an original song. Uh, How, what inspired you to write it? 
uh, people keep asking me, I can't remember all the exact lyrics, but what people keep asking me, what if you don't become famous? What if you don't make it? What if you don't achieve greatness? And it's like, who cares? Like, you know, people ask that kind of, that, like, I think we were talk I was gonna say that earlier, like, um, like when people ask about, well, why do you do music? Or are you trying to be famous? You're trying to be rich? And it's like, that would be nice if you know, the to to have money or notoriety or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's the therapeutic side. And you're doing it's it the for peace you. of mind. Yeah, right. That's the whole reason. So, but yeah, no, my music. Uh, I have songs on SoundCloud, so okay. you can find me on SoundCloud okay. on YouTube. Um, most of my songs are there. So, like in hip hop, there's mixtapes and albums. So a mixtape is I take somebody else's song. So a song from Jay Z or Drake or something like that. Take their song just the instrumental and then I write to their instrumental and then I rap on it so I, I put those songs out um, but I don't own the rights to that so that's why they're on YouTube and SoundCloud oh, okay. on Spotify I do have other original songs I'm gonna work on um, but yeah those original ones will be on Apple and Spotify and all that so what's what's going on for you this year since we're, we're in the new year 2022 I'm only in February what do you have going on um, music wise this year um, so I'm working on a new mixtape. It's going to be called Universal Sound Part 1. Mm -hmm. So there's Part 1, Part 2. Um, but yeah, I'm working on it. I'm, I've already released uh, three songs so far. So if you go to my website on the home page, there's one called Still Growing, My One Question, and No Airplay. So three songs on there from this coming mixtape. I have one more song called Thanks I Get. I'll be releasing that hopefully in a couple of days. Um, I don't know when this will come out, but maybe the day after the Super Bowl. So okay. a couple more. You know, well, I think I'm going to get back with you. So I want to play a little snippet of it on, yeah, on, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, podcast yeah. so no. people can go, oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, no. could definitely do that. And the first time that you did release this, did you have thoughts of like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Is anybody going to listen to it? Or you were like, oh, fuck it. I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, oh. you can do one or the other. Yeah, no, I think. Um, or a little bit of both. There was, yeah, I, I first, I think the first song I released on YouTube was like 10 years ago, 12 years, like a long time ago, and then in 2017, I released a mixtape called Hip Hop is Alive, mm -hmm. you can play it on my website, um, but I released that one, and I remember while I was like mixing it and, and listening to it, you know, listening back to it and all that on different speakers and listening, I remember I was laying on my bed listen, listening, and then I kind of, not that I had a panic attack or anything on that all back, <laughs> but like I started thinking like, well, what if people don't like it? Or what if, what if there is a bad response or, and, and this is going to be there forever? And, you know, and I'm putting myself out and I started having all these thoughts. And then I'm like, you know, I kind of calm myself down. Like, who cares? Like, what's, what's the big deal? Exactly. It doesn't and that, matter. So that's good advice for anybody out there who's wanting to write a book or do a piece of art, write music, change careers, shit, leave a bad relationship, change your zip code whatever yeah. I mean it's it's you have just to do, do it. it just do it um, we can't sit around all you know like paralyzed because yeah. uh, I Lord knows I look at some of the stuff I've written I'm like what the hell <laughs> why did I even put and I can't take it back because somebody you know what was it on Twitter you can delete it but it doesn't go away yeah, yeah no, it's still forever. out there forever the digital uh, footprint yeah, <laughs> so you're like there. oh crap um, so what, what advice do you have for somebody who's thinking of trying to start something on the side, creativity, some creativity like this on the side with a regular job? Like, how do you have your, your hours of creativity, your pocket of time? When do you do it? Um, just whenever. I, I actually had a time period uh, a few years ago where I took, uh, I went part-time at work. So I went part-time for like maybe two years, two and a half years. and. So when I was in my 20s and I was going to school and everything, I always had the music in my life. I always would write songs, but I'd never had the time to record them. So mm -hmm. that, was like a, that was like a thing that, like an internal struggle that I always like, man, you know, I know I'm going to school for the right reasons. I like this work, but truly I want to do the music. So eventually I got to the point where I took a, uh, saved money, took a couple years off. I recorded like two mixtapes in that time. And... Um, for me personally, that was like uh, a great growth as an artist, like confidence-wise, writing every day, doing what I needed to do, and so that helped me. You know, I 
so I had a plan to, to save money and if I could put myself in that position again I, I would but I think people just need to to look at their lives and, and, and see what they want to do and then try to find the time and you don't necessarily have to quit your job or go part-time right. but in the morning and the evening well there's a hundred I've said this so many times before on, on previous podcasts there's a hundred and sixty eight hours in a week and we don't realize how much time we, we waste and oh, so yeah. um, you know, somebody asked me, how long did it take you to write your books? You know, I'm like, uh, 50 years. No. Um, Who cares? 18 yeah. months. I was yeah, yeah. head down, didn't do anything but that. And you look at it, for 18 months, it's only a year and a half out of your whole life to produce something like that. So, um, I think people don't have patience these days. So a person needs to be patient with themselves. That if it's not done in a week or in a... And I, I beat mm -hmm. myself. I do that to myself all the time. Yeah, we all do. Where I, where I put, like... Nobody even knows, like you're asking when the music's coming out or all that kind of stuff. Nobody knows, but I tell myself, I need to put this out in a week. And then I get busy and I can't do it. And then I'm like, oh man, what are you doing? You said you're going to. And then I'm having this internal right. thing, and it's like, doesn't matter. Right. Like, it's going to get done when it gets it's done. It's getting done. Like I noticed uh, Eminem, his last album, he didn't tell anybody it was coming. He just put it out. Yeah, that's the new thing. They just drop just it. Just drop it. And yeah. so you just. T and it, you know what? I like that. Um, because I've done it. I'm working on this, and then you're like, "Oh shit, it's still sitting there." Now I'm like, "Just, just deliver when it's done, and then yeah. go on to the next thing, and then deliver when it's done, and go on to the next thing," yeah. because you have that expectation now of, you know, it's like, "Oh, what a yeah." So, what uh, advice do you have before we kind of wrap this up for somebody who is? young and wants to not that you're old you're young but who's maybe they're in their teens and they want to start doing what you're doing with the lyrics with writing you know what advice do you have for them um try to listen to as much music as you can so i think i i listen to all genres of music mm -hmm. i do hip-hop i rap but i listen to everything yeah like, we had the yeah. longest discussion <laughs> it was like oh I listen to this long list of different music yeah um, but but list, listen to a lot of music uh find you know what inspires you and and then just lean into it just just try it yourself if it's playing an instrument if it's singing writing you have to try like when it comes to writing the best advice is write like just, just write 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 and then it. you figure it out as time goes on and then youtube and google everything you need from an information standpoint is there so it's like just oh, look yeah. it up i just gave you the thumbs up everything is there yeah i mean honestly anything you want to learn now you know exactly. what we can learn today right now a piece of information that 20 years ago would have taken eight months or a year to travel somewhere far right um you want to start a business you you just start a business you you want to create something you want to it's all out there and i don't think people realize you know yeah. um, i'm going to come back to we talked about social media with the kids Sometimes it just gets so wrapped up in the social media they don't realize they're wasting their own their own creativity. Yeah, the the social media I can talk about that for a long time, but the it's like a stimulus. Like I, I look at the the social media. I, I've read articles on it. it's like a super stimulus where you know you're on the phone and you're clicking buttons, you're getting likes, you're seeing images, whatever it is, mm -hmm. and the, the dopamine, the serotonin, all the chemicals in your brain that make you feel good, they're firing. And I think, um, you know, especially kids that get on it really early, mm -hmm. it becomes like an addiction. It, it becomes a true addiction that they need the phone, quote unquote, need the phone, because if they don't, they don't know how to function, and that's how they escape, or whatever it is. And, and I see that in the hospital so many times where the kid messes up, and then the parents are like, well, we're taking your phone away. Mm. And then that escalates to, well, I'm going to hurt myself or I'm going to do this. Or, you know, they start tearing up the house or whatever it is. And, and then I have this conversation with the parents. I'm like, well, how, how long is he on the phone? Well, he's on the phone all day and he's been on it for years and this and that. Well, it's like, uh, and I tell them, it's like if you have an alcoholic in the house and then one day you decide to throw away all the alcohol, what's going to happen when he wakes up? going to be a bad situation that's what's happening with your kid your kid is oh, what, what's their response on that they sometimes are receptive sometimes they're like okay i never thought of it that way or you know right. that kind of thing and it's usually the response i'll say that because because usually when they're in the hospital and they're on the phone with me or talking with me they're asking for help they're asking for guidance and so i'm like well this is how i see this this is what i think about this um you know technology is a great thing it's awesome mm -hmm. but 
there's you know there's no uh, there's no manual on how to go about it with kids or even us so we're figuring it out they, um, they Zach was born in 2008 so he is not a Gen Z he's not a millennial he's they're called them the digital natives oh, wow I never so heard that you haven't heard the digital mm -hmm. look that up so the digital natives meaning maybe since the age of two you gave him the iPad while you were grocery shopping. And I'm guilty of that. I did. I put the cartoons yeah. on, and he was just, you know, or Barney, whatever he was looking at, pound puppies, whatever. Um, but then we started limiting it. And um, there's a healthy dose that you can use, like, for research and for things sure. for school. But then there's sometimes when you're on it way too much. One of the things that I know I started doing is my phone now is on the other side of the room. At I night, sometimes, yeah. I just I because it, you just want to start looking through it and scrolling, and then now I'm you know so now um, I put it on the other side. The outlet's actually near the bathroom, so mm -hmm. it's like I have no I you have to get up and go look at it. Smart. So that helps because first thing in the morning I used to do that. Um, so I guess what information do you tell parents when they're on the phone? Besides, you can't go cold turkey. You know, do you have any advice? Um, I say try to figure out how much they're on the phone mm -hmm. and then maybe cut it in half or slowly wean it down. So if they're on the phone 12 hours a day, 14 hours a day, let's maybe get it down to seven or eight. Right. Uh, the same with the video games, all that kind of stuff, or if they're isolating themselves in the room, figure out how often are they doing these activities that you don't like or that are maybe not beneficial. And now let's try to wean it down. Let's have a conversation about it. Let's say, you know, you're on it too much or we think you're on it too much and then just kind of slowly bring it back. And then sometimes the parents are on it. Oh, yeah, they're hooked so that's even a, worse. They're hooked even worse. Yeah. Yeah, conversation, well, my, my daughter won't clean her room. Well, do you clean her your room? Do you make your bed? No, but you're telling her to make your bed. Yeah, you got to so lead you, by you, example. you got to lead by example. So yeah. being a parent, you're so responsible for raising another human being. And I'm not saying you have to have your shit together, but you have to every day strive to make, okay, I'm, I want to be better than yesterday. Even in the smallest little effort, I want to start doing this better or whatever. Yeah. And your, your kids watch. They yeah. watch everything. I don't I don't have kids. So a lot of this is easy for me to say, you know, and, and right. you know, I always tell them it's your home and you got to do what's best for you and your family, but I see it this way or I think of it this way. Um, but it's, it's tricky. I mean, there's influences from school, media, social media, like, so it's, it's, it's not easy. It's I know. It's not easy. And I, this is totally different than it was, you know, 25 years ago, which wasn't not that long ago. No. It really has gone past. But, but the last, I don't know, if you, if you look at every decade or every 10 years, mm -hmm. this is the biggest transformation, like the last 10, 20 years, like with the technology and everything. It's just, I don't know, it's a whole new world. Uh, the internet didn't even exist until the mid-90s or late-90s, and now there's social media and Wi-Fi and everything is, you know, it's, a, it's crazy. It is, it is very crazy, and, the, and the, the 5G, the 5G is not for faster internet. People think it is, but it's not. I, was, I shared this on another podcast. It's because we're being watched. So Google, Everything, everything's yeah. watched. Uh, Google, when you think you're Googling, no, Google's Googling you. They're, they're really studying what you're looking up, yeah. and that's how they know what to put out there. That's a whole other yeah, topic. Yeah, so no. You're being tracked on your phone everywhere you go. Everywhere. So if you commit a crime somewhere, they know where you're at if you have your phone on you. You're like, so. bing, bing, you yeah. right there. You're at the Walmart, okay. Exactly. So do you want to share any, any uh, lyrics with you with the audience, or is that too much something? I was I was just uh, like I was writing something like earlier. I it was thinking poetry, of it. even it's, yeah, it's actually yeah. poetry with music, but yeah, um, it's just one line or just like one mm -hmm. thing. Uh, it's important to be fortunate for the life you're in. Ooh, repeat that. It's important to be fortunate for the life you're in. How'd you come up with that? It's just uh, being thankful, just being thankful for life and all that. But yeah, be fortunate for. It's important to be fortunate for the life you're in, because yeah, you only get one life, so you might it. as well live it up and make the most of it. I know, so be many, fortunate for it. So many of us. Um, I mean, I'm guilty too. I'm the only human. You know, I have to stop and breathe and look around and say, wait a minute, I have so many things to be yeah, thankful yeah. for. Um, you know, on the way over here, I was listening to a podcast. It was it was mine. It was an old one, How to Reset from a Shitty Day. And I was having a crappy day. I'm like, okay, Sharon, listen to your own words, you know, you're yeah, putting yeah. it out there. And I was like, wow, I need to hear this. I needed to hear that. So yeah. it's almost kind of like self-repair, like yeah. self-repair. No. So one more time, where can people find you? 
So on social media at the Rarity T X T H E R A R I T Y T X, and then the Rarity.com. So you go to the Rarity.com. I have a music section. You can listen to all my mixtapes there. I have social media links on there, and on the homepage, I have the newest songs I have on there. So you could always search my website, and that's where the newest music will be on the homepage. I love it. And then I'm gonna I'm throwing something out there because this is what I see. Have you ever considered doing printables of your lyrics where people can download the printable of the lyrics, almost like a like a poetry? I do. No, I, I have a lyric section in my website, so okay. you can you can like listen to my song and read along. Okay, you can read along. Yeah, I think to me that's the most beneficial because sometimes you miss lyrics, you're not sure. Yeah. And and with my lyrics, it, it could be like very structured. There's like multiple syllables rhyming, different wordplay. So I almost think reading my lyrics can almost be more effective like because you could slow it down because like sometimes I rap fast right. so if you slow it down and you really read oh this is what he's saying and then you go back and listen you know it might hit you a different way okay so I was gonna say yeah do a printable I'm, I'm so yeah, into yeah, printables yeah. someone one of my friends is like Sharon you should do printables I'm like what do you mean printable something that yeah. somebody can hit you know we still have copiers not copiers printers at your house yeah, you can just yeah, hit yeah. print and then oh there it is yeah, it's kind of inspiring oh yeah the lyric section has like the pdf of all the mixed oh there you go that. so you do have a pdf yeah, yeah, oh yeah. i'm gonna go check That's it out there. well i can't thank you enough and i know we we talked about some topics that were kind of just i don't know they're, they're not talked about enough so i'm gonna have to have you back uh, yeah. i want to see how things are going on this summer i know a lot of the stuff is changing at the school's mass ma mandates hopefully I know here in Houston they still have them. Where I live now, there's no mask mandate, and there's a huge difference in my kid. Mm -hmm. Huge difference because he doesn't have to wear a mask anymore. Yeah, I don't know why I, kids in school are wearing masks, but I, that's for another that's conversation. That's a whole conversation that uh, another day. But um, again, I can't thank you enough for coming over here thank and, you so and much. coming to the studio. And we we heard hammering next door. And <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, thank you hey guys if you want to uh, continue to the next podcast just keep on listening it'll roll up in the meantime i want to say thank you and if you have any questions you can email me at the middle excuse me middlefingerhappiness at gmail.com one more time that's middlefingerhappiness at gmail.com this is sharon saying thank you peace out and again ramon thanks for being here today thank you for having me all right bye bye Hi, quick uh, reminder, be sure to go to my website, Sharon Lee Zapata, and click on the link that says Free Fantastic. There is a printable. It's an awesome printable. I actually have it on my bathroom mirror. It's free. You don't even have to give me your email. I mean, you just click it on and print it. It's 22 things that we can control because let's face it, we cannot control everything. Only crazy uh, psychopathic narcissists want to control everything, <laughs> but it's a great motivator. It's a great, I mean, I love it. I look at it every morning and it helps me to, you know what, get my day going. And it's a free gift from me to you. And I just thought I'd leave this message and remind you. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening. <laughs>